Welcome to Vermont Trail Chatter, a new podcast by the Catamount Trail Association and Mountain Ops. I'm Greg, and today I'm here with Robbie Laughlin and David Haddock. Robbie and Dave work at Mountain Ops and are going to be my co-hosts for this series. Over the last couple of seasons, they have started investing their time and energy into creating new opportunities for people to get outside and connect with each other. So today we're going to talk to them a little bit more and learn a little bit about them um, and how they got into backcountry skiing and what they what their hopes and dreams are for this podcast. Welcome, Dave and Robbie. Thanks for having us. Hey, Greg. Hey. Okay. So, how's your summer been, Dave? Summer's been great, despite uh, a lot of rain. Um, the past week has been really our summer, with great weather and sunshine and. Trails have dried out and great hiking and biking right now and no crowds because it's a shoulder season time of year. Loving life. Awesome. And Robbie, your summer, how's it been going? Uh, summer's been good. Uh, it's been busy for myself. And uh, yeah, like Dave said, mountain bike trails are kind of off and on. But uh, I have found myself on you know dirt roads and class four roads a bit more this summer than in the past, and which I've been uh, enjoying quite a bit. And so... Yeah, it's been good. That's awesome. You guys getting excited for winter? Is there any new gear start, starting to show up in the shop? Dave, what are some of your uh, favorite things that are coming into the shop this season? Well, uh, light is right this year for backcountry. And specifically, I'm looking forward to a lot of the new AT boots that are coming to the market that are uh, BOA influenced. Um, so to help shed more weight, if people don't know what BOA is, that's basically a, uh, a dial system uh, that first started in the fishing industry and moved its way over to mountain bike shoes and road biking shoes. And now they're uh, taking the bottom two buckles off most boots and putting these BOA dials in and uh, it lightens them up quite a bit, but you still get the same performance. So really looking forward to, to seeing that, uh, come to fruition. I've got a pair of boots right now that have a boa on them and it's, they're pretty sweet. I do appreciate the, how fast they are. Robbie, what about you? What's uh, any favorite gear that you're looking forward to testing this coming winter season? Um, yeah, we got a few new skis, like Dave said, where, uh, light is right this year for us. Um, there's a couple K2 skis that have changed up a little bit, and weight seems to be right, number seems to be right. Uh, we're bringing in a couple of new plume bindings this year, which I'm excited to see. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, uh, there's a few new bits and bobs that are, are coming on in that I can't wait to get my hands on. Cool. So it sounds like you guys have both been skiers for a long time. And so I kind of have, like, where are you guys from? Where, what, where, do, you, where do you guys call home today? Where, what's your hometown? And how did you guys get into skiing? Uh, Robbie, how about you take this one first? Sure. Um, originally from Westwood, Massachusetts, and uh, grew up skiing all over New England. My, I was fortunate enough that my parents brought me and my brothers kind of New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, all over the place. Um, have uh, specific memories of skiing Burke Mountain in the Northeast Kingdom there with me and my brothers just kind of running havoc all over the lower mountain there, which was super fun. But, uh, but yeah, now call Stowe, Vermont home and been loving it. So, yeah. Great. And Dave, yourself? Uh, originally, I'm from Pennsylvania, 
and uh, I grew up skiing the Pocono Mountain areas, which are very small mountains, most of them three, four, five hundred vertical feet. Uh, so my family and I would ski there every week. It was really close. And um, from there, went to school in New England and Connecticut and started working at Haystack and Mount Snow Mountains being a ski instructor. Then moved out west for a number of years, then moved to Vermont in the early 90s and have been here ever since. What about backcountry skiing? When did you guys get into backcountry skiing? Uh, Dave, how about what, when was your first backcountry skiing experience and how has it gone since then? Sure. My first backcountry experience started um, in the early 90s. I actually had a bunch of uh, ski bum friends that went out to the Chick Chocks in 1990, uh, which is in the Gaspé Peninsula area in Canada. And there's no lifts out there. It was all backcountry skiing and they, they invited me to go, but I didn't have the gear at the time. So my choices were either learn how to telemark ski or choose a randonnée setup, which at the time was really heavy and clunky. So I chose telemark and fell in love with it and have been backcountry skiing ever since. So I've seen everything morph from Telemark being the way to go early on to now AT being the way to go. Um, and I actually use David Goodman's uh, backcountry book to really tick off a lot of my first discoveries here in Vermont and in New Hampshire and use that book as a guide. Always had it in my backpack and just eventually checked off most of the most of his recommendations in the book over you know, a couple decades or so. Nice. And Robbie, how about you? What was uh, your introduction to backcountry skiing? I actually didn't start, uh, I guess I wouldn't call it like backcountry skiing when I first started. First started like skinning inbounds. Um, I think like most folks, I had alpine boots, frame bindings, heavy skis. Um, and I had no idea what it was until I moved out to Colorado. Um, and so... You know, just started skinning inbounds, you know, before work, after work kind of thing. Um, and then eventually got lighter setups and started poking into the backcountry after taking some avalanche classes. Um, and yeah, and that's as soon as I got that lighter gear, allowed me to go a little bit further into the backcountry and poke around. And, you know, growing up, I feel like I would always drive around um, through New England and, you know, point to mountains and ask my parents if I could go ski that and they would always say, yeah, maybe. Um, but now like this essentially just allows me to go ski those mountains and go figure out if I can ski those mountains. And so that always draws me in big time of the unknowing if you can actually go ski it and then actually going back there and figuring it out. Um, that's a huge draw for me, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's been a fun journey so far and, uh, made a lot of mistakes along the way, but slowly figuring it out, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I personally, I'm, I'm jealous of you guys' like long ski history. I came to skiing later in life and found backcountry skiing pretty soon after starting my, like learning to ski. And I really enjoy skiing because I've, as I've told a lot of people, like I'm a terrible skier. And so backcountry skiing is the way I can get out in the woods on skis without actually having to ski that much. I just get to go skin all day. <laughs> And so I just like, I, I like to let people know that they don't have to be amazing skiers to enjoy backcountry skiing. Anyway, so you guys both work at Mountain Ops. 
Um, I'm curious if you guys could tell me, tell us and everyone how you guys got involved with Mountain Ops, what your role and what your role is there. Um, Dave, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm relatively new to the Mountain Ops family, but have been a longtime uh, customer and supporter of the shop um, for about 25 to 30 years. The owner, Don Allen, and I are longtime ski buddies, and we ski every week together during the season, usually on Friday afternoons. Um, we've been doing that for a couple of decades now, and um, I worked up at the mountain at Stone Mountain Resort for 16 years running all their special events. And when I lost my job due to COVID, um, I needed to find another career path. And actually Don approached me and asked if I was interested in joining his team. Um, he wanted to start a, uh, he wanted to put his business online and really get e-commerce going. Um, so that's really my main focus here. But as Robbie will probably attest to, uh, when you ask him, I, I wear many different hats here. Uh, I can be found on the sales floor. I can found, be found behind the computer. Um, really just, just doing everything. All of us have to really pitch in and help in, in many ways that we can because we're a mom and pop shop. Um, and uh, I... I just love it here. You know, we were all about human powered skiing. What started as a cross country ski shop specifically uh, has now morphed into a backcountry skinning uh, AT and Telemark specialty store. Uh, so everything that I love to do, we sell here. So that's awesome. And Robbie, what about you? What's your, how did you get involved with mountain ops and, what is it that you do on a day-to-day -day basis? If you can, if that's, if you can encapsulate that and do something short. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I used to live on the smug side of the mountain. Um, and I came over here one day because I found, you know, Googled, you know, AT shop and these guys popped up. Um, and I first walked in and if anyone, any of you have ever been here before, it's a big red barn. And as soon as you walk in, it's unlike any other shop. Um, and that really drew me in. It kind of blew my mind with how cool the layout was and um, how we how they use the barn to their advantage. Um, and that really drew me in. Um, and then after that, I actually moved back to Colorado, worked at another ski shop out there. And then slowly... Um, poked away at the old general manager here, uh, kept on calling him and emailing him, asking him for a job. And he finally gave me one. And so came on here in 2020, uh, which is a wild time to come on, but it was good. And then as of right now, uh, I guess my technical title is general manager. Um, but I also do, you know, tuning, mounting, boot fitting, um, uh, want to be bike tech, uh, sales floor, ski stuff. Uh, yeah, just kind of janitor, all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever needs to be done at the moment, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it seems like, uh, thank you for that. It yeah. seems like over the last, one of the things we've noticed and one of the reasons like, we reached out to you guys about hosting this podcast, co-hosting this podcast, was because like we've noticed that your team has been investing more recently in kind of creating opportunities to help more people get outside and help those people kind of connect with each other. I mean, you guys started an uphill series at Stowe last year. 
You guys have helped us bring schema, our schema series to Still Mountain Resort. You're even doing bikepacking, uh, creating bikepacking tours during the summer. Um, and so I guess what I'm curious about is you don't see a lot of other retailers kind of investing their time and energy this way. Like there is a cost to doing this. And so I guess what I'm wondering is like why you guys feel, have, think it's important to spend your time and energy this way, spend your resources doing this thing. And what is it that you're hoping to kind of achieve? Um, I think for me, uh, I think we have some sports that are not the norm. They're uncommon and people don't necessarily grow up doing these activities and these sports. And so doing those events um, is just educating them, showing them there's different sports out there. Like if they, you know, if you're not a you know, your classic sports kind of enthusiast, then there's other other things to do, other ways to get outside. Um, you don't have to stick to the, the classics. Um, and so just simply educating them, getting them out there, showing them that there is this community out there. It's a great community um, and kind of welcoming folks into it that might be standing on the sidelines and a little hesitant uh, to step on in. And we just want to kind of give them that door and give them that pathway to, to come on in. And yes, ultimately, Ideally, those events uh, lead to people coming in and buying stuff uh, because that's how Dave and I keep our jobs uh, <laughs> and allow us to keep on doing these things. But I'd say ultimately, yeah, just spreading the stoke, education. Um, and to be honest, it's kind of fun. Like if I get to go skinning in the morning with a group of folks and that's my job, then that's that's I'm doing OK, you know. Just to dovetail on what uh, Robbie said, you know, um, the reason why we do all these things first and foremost is because we're passionate about it and we love doing it and we want to share and, and spread that ski stoke to everyone else here in the community and in the greater New England area. And, uh, you know, last year, for an example, we every week we held on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m., we would meet people at the mountain and, and bring them up the mountain, uh, skin up to uh, the top of Mount Mansfield and, and ski back down. And some mornings we'd have five or six people. Some mornings we'd have 50 or 60 people. And uh, we want to see this sport continue to grow. It's one of the few segments in the industry that has really shown some growth over the years and continues to grow. Um, and we have a huge backcountry and really I'll call it a fitness skinning community at the mountain where you have people that, you know, were never really backcountry skiers or skinners before discover the sport and discover how great it is for them, both physically, mentally. Uh, and then they turn on their family members, their kids, their friends. And obviously at the end of the day, we want people coming into here to the shop, buying the gear, but more than anything, we just want to spread the popularity of, of skinning and backcountry skiing in general and just continue to see the sport to grow. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I do. It is something that like, having worked on kind of the nonprofit side of like facilitating uh, ex like backcountry experiences, it's something that I'm, I'm surprised more kind of businesses don't engage with. You know, I mean, it is one of those things like people are looking for information and there are a lot of people out there like individuals like yourselves that have information and people need sometimes need that nudge and so there are you know economic benefits on the one side but like the more people that are out there providing like in, connecting people with each other connecting people with the sport getting people outside like everybody benefits from that and so 
I just, it's just great to see you guys kind of like, or great to see your shop kind of like seeing the value in that and then spending the energy to do that. So, you know, from somebody that, you know, is trying to, trying to spends all of my time trying to facilitate and get people outside. I really appreciate the assistance. And that's part of the reason we reached out to you guys about kind of like co-hosting this podcast. So along those lines, you know, this is kind of our introduction to the podcast, letting people know that this exists and that who we are a little bit. And so I guess I'm curious, I'm kind of excited about where this is going to go and who we're going to get to talk, talk to. I mean, I personally, like when I got involved at the Catamount Trail Association, like I op- it opened my eyes to like all of the work and effort and time and energy and money that is spent behind the scenes to like make a trail happen and maintain a trail. You know, a lot of people are really excited about building stuff, but then like the long-term maintenance costs and like the effort and stuff and the people behind kind of maintaining these resources that have been around forever. Like I'm excited to talk to like people from that community and learn more about them and their stories. Um, but what about you guys? Like, what are you guys hoping to kind of, kind of share, like maybe it's knowledge people that you know, or people, individuals that you're hoping to talk to. So Dave, who, who might, what are some of the things you're hoping to explore with this podcast? Well, I think one of the things that um, I look forward to um, both from a podcast perspective and also from a customer's perspective and, and friendship perspective is obviously seeing the sport grow. But one of the biggest things that really brings joy for me is introducing a newcomer to the sport of skinning, whether it be skinning at the resort or backcountry skiing um, and recommending gear to them that we think is going to be the best fit for their ability and for their application and what they want to do. Um, And then having them come back to the shop and just seeing the smile on their faces and having their minds blown by saying, "I I can't believe I haven't done this before. You know, this has completely changed my lifestyle. I have you know, lost 20 pounds and got myself into shape, or I've discovered a whole new facet to the sport of skiing that I never even knew existed. Um, it's, it's having those things, having those type of stories that come in that make us feel really good about what we do. And then also the fact that, you know, we're building a lot of credibility out there on the street, so to speak, because, you know, we, we not only practice what we preach, but we want to not just talk the talk, but we actually walk the walk. Like Robbie and I are out there just about every single day in the winter doing what we, what we talk about. And I think that brings a lot of credibility to the shop. It brings a lot of credibility to the sport itself. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing backcountry skiing continue to grow and the explosion that we've seen with you guys with the schemo circuit um, has really been an eye opener and seeing more resorts, um, you know, grasp onto this and, and welcoming us with open arms to bring more events and more races and more backcountry Alliance community events for the future. That's great. And Robbie, what about you? What are you, anybody you're excited to talk to, uh, topics you're looking to explore? Uh, I think for the most part, I I enjoy listening to people's stories, and especially listening to folks that are enthusiastic about whatever they do. Um, so I'd say I'm excited for a lot of different topics, for sure. Uh, but if I had to pick one person, it'd probably be uh, Noah Dines, who is going to attempt 
uh, to break Aaron Rice's uh, vertical feet skied um, this past year, which is going to be 3 million vertical feet. And so I am very curious to see how he's planning for that, prepping for that. Um, and hopefully we can get him and maybe even Aaron onto the podcast and kind of talk about what the future is going to look like, because that is going to be a huge, huge endeavor. Um, and it would be really cool if we could get two folks that are from the Northeast um, and living in this area specifically that have uh, the current record and then the, hopefully the new record. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be awesome. I mean, it's great to know. It's great to just see that that record like is held by people in the Northeast. Well, yeah, that's because the the East Coast is some of the most rugged skinners that I know. You know, living out west, like it was, you didn't really go out if it was windy or cold or something like that. You just wait until a sunny day. Whereas, and if you did that out here, you wouldn't go out all year. And so, the the folks out here, they know how to suffer. <laughs> Well, those, those sunny days, it's raining, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, not to, we don't want to jinx things at this point in time. So, I mean, I guess that's that's kind of it for this first episode. Uh, do you guys have anything, any last words before we sign off? Uh, Dave? Um, yeah, we're just uh, looking forward to working with you, Greg, for uh, the up and coming Schemo season for the events that you have planned. We have one planned here at Stowe, which we always look forward to doing. And um, really looking forward, I guess a shout out, I'll, I'll give a little prop to this is your 40th year anniversary for the Catamount Trail. We think that's really exciting. And I know you're going to be doing some special things with that. So maybe you can tell our audience, you know, what's going on with that. But we're, uh, we're excited to be part of the history and looking forward to the next 40 years. Great. Thanks. Yeah, we'll share we'll share a lot more about the 40th anniversary in an upcoming episodes. You know, next our next episode is actually going to be with Carolyn from Mola Hoods and she's working we're working with her on a project to help us kind of commemorate and celebrate uh, our 40th anniversary. And so we're going to talk to her. Carolyn is a local kind of apparel manufacturer out of Richmond, Vermont, and we've got some like special pieces that she's kind of like designed and is building for us. So that'll be Hopefully we'll have that out soon as well. Robbie, what about you? Any last, any like final things you want to say before we wrap this up? You don't have to have anything to say. <laughs> Same as Dave. Just thank you, Greg, for, uh, for putting this together and uh, inviting us in. Um, I think it's going to be a great, great thing. I'm excited about it. Dave's excited about it. Uh, the whole shop's excited. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about a bunch of gear. Um, and guys, Dave knows, uh, I, I love talking about gear. And so I can't wait to do that. And then also hear some stories. And so it should be a great time. Nice. Well, thank you both for your time. I'm, I'm excited for us getting better at this. I'm sure the first handful will be terrible, but I hopefully, hopefully we get better as we go along. Um, to everybody that's listening, thank you for listening all the way to the end. Um, this podcast can be found everywhere you find podcasts. And our plan is to kind of uh, publish a new episode every other Friday, all season long. So thank you for being with us. All right. Take care. Thanks now. Yeah.